Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another episode conduits of trouble obviously weird times zolgad and scoggins uh chipper we've seen a lot together going back to our time on the vikings beat uh the brett Favre years all of that good stuff but uh this one is is off the charts i i hope all is well with you and the family and what is a very odd time yeah this is the 2010 vikings multiplied by a million i think <laughs> well <done>. um, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah. We are uh, family's doing well. We made it back from uh, Aruba uh, in the nick of time before they closed the borders. But um, mm. it was weird, Judd, being in Aruba and not going through this second by second, minute by minute, by like everyone else was here. I felt like I was uh, on Mars watching the world get turned upside down. It was it was uh, bizarre. And then to see, you know, check in and see that when the NBA canceled their season. It, felt like it went from zero to a thousand in a blink of the eye so now when when you were vacationing did you know what was going on back here to a large extent or was it just sort of piecemeal or what did you know before you landed back here yeah i did i mean we so we left on saturday and obviously there are some cases in the in the u.s but i think there was only a few maybe five at the time i can't remember it felt like you know a year ago that we left but um but it really, I think, was it Wednesday when Rudy Gobert tested and then the games got canceled that night? I think that was the Wednesday. Yes, it was, when, it, was it was last week. Wednesday, and then on, on Thursday, I think the rest of the leagues basically acquiesced and followed along with what the NBA did. Yeah, so up until that point, um, I would check Twitter a couple times a day, you know, at night, like before I went to bed, So and saw, you know, the momentum, I guess, is the, if that's the right word, kind of building. But then that Wednesday night when we got back from dinner and we actually had uh, American TV there, we had ESPN and all that. So um, turn that on and we're like, whoa, this is a lot more serious than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And so that's when it got real serious. And then, I, you know, as the next day and the next day, I'm like, man, I hope some country comes back and gets us. You know, I yeah. was afraid that Absolutely. Uh, we were not going to get out. And uh so it was you know we we still were able to enjoy it but after that those next probably the last two days like that friday and we came back saturday uh is when it you know we started saw, seeing all the reports about the toilet paper and the run on grocery stores and you had no idea what you're coming back to mm-hmm. um so it was and then this week you know obviously they started uh aruba 
canceled international flights and you saw, you know, it escalated even more by the day, really by the hour. So, but it was weird. Yeah. The first couple of days I, you know, maybe I was naive, Judd. I just took it as it was not going to be a big deal for us. And boy, was I wrong on that one. What is a, a life in a, a sports department at a newspaper like Chip Scoggins when there are no sports being played? Well, I, I will be, I will say selfishly, Judd, and it probably I mean I'm embarrassed to admit it, but that was one of my first reactions. Like, oh my God, what are we going to write? Sure, you know, I mean, you're, you're a sports writer, and you work for a newspaper with no sports. Uh, I was sitting there thinking, it's like, it's probably like a mechanic when there's no cars. It's like, <laughs> what what do you do? You know? Yes. Um, but then I, I figure, well, there's going to be enough news initially um to you know with all the cancellations and what's going to happen and all that um but the longer it goes the more you're thinking you know i'm gonna have to get creative and find stories um but it was like initially that was my one of my first reactions is what are we going to put in the newspaper in the section and so you know we've, we've been able to find stories and there's been enough news and then obviously this week with the nfl um you know it's I'm kind of torn. I guess people want a diversion from all the scariness and uncertainty of what's going on. And, yep. and so they want sports news still. Um, but it does feel strange writing about re-signing Kirk Cousins to an extension, you know, in the compared to what everything else is going on in the world. It, you feel a little bit odd doing that, but maybe it is the diversion that people want. And that's a really good point because I'm sort of torn too. And I completely get and understand events being canceled, and I think they should be. I actually think, and we, we can certainly get into this, I think hockey and basketball probably at some point in here should say for 2019-20 we're done. Yeah. But, we're out, but where I will cut the National Football League a lot of slack is they're not allowing travel. Guys mm-hmm. are Skyping in or calling in agents, executives. And I do think, because I was sitting there and thinking, okay, l- let's say that – um, Goodell and the boys on Sunday had said free agency is not going to start, right, Chip? Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, what would we do? I mean, we're quarantined or like yeah. I'm coming into work to do the shows, but that's it. And so with very small to basically no risks here, I'll give yeah. them the benefit of the doubt and saying in some ways, I think if you're a sports fan, it's been a blessing to have something to divert your attention from something that is is really, really scary. Yeah, and it's it's weird because there's a couple tentacles to that, and I've gotten a couple tweets and emails from people saying that the NFL is tone deaf for handing out these gigantic contract uh, contracts when people are losing their jobs. Uh, you know, just the economy's going south. That it's 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 a bad optics, and I I do understand that, um, but. Uh, I also understand that, you know, their season doesn't start for a while. And so it's not like they have to just, you know, stop doing business right now because it's not like there's games and different things. I mean, they have stopped doing business in terms of, okay, free agents can't make visits. And I think most NFL teams are probably working from home. They're taking the same safeguards as everyone else. Um, But the – but with the business going on with free agency and, and these trades, I, it, it has allowed you to kind of take your mind off um, everything else that's going on because it's, it is a weird thing to be working at home and have all your kids at home. And my college daughter, um, you know, she's home. Her, her school is going to be 
uh, doing online classes uh, for the rest of the semester. And it's just everybody's world has been turned upside down and your, your whole order, your, your life order has been disrupted. And so in some ways it has been kind of nice to be able to just talk about sports for a while, even though in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty insignificant, but it is a nice diversion to kind of have at least that part of normalcy yes. in our, in our lives. And that's because everything about the rest of our life is abnormal right now. And we don't know when it's going to return. Yes, you know, exactly. that's the thing. And that's the biggest thing for me, Judd is like, this does not have an end date. Right. Right. When we are going to return to normal. So you just don't, that uncertainty is, is nerve wracking. Right. And we have lost. Now, we we can be smart and try to control ourselves and obviously self-quarantine chip and all that. And that's all well and good. But to your point, what's really scary here is, yeah, there's no date at which baseball can say magically, you know, June 15th, we're going to be back and it's going to be fine. And that's why this is and it goes well beyond sports. But that's why this is so scary is we don't know. Are are we going to be back to normal in six months in a year ever? And is this going to come back with the uh, coronavirus, for instance, in the fall when it gets cold? So, yeah, I mean, just the diversion of something helps because the problem is you, you can sit around your house and worry about all the questions that we just broached and the concerns and worry yourself sick. And the reality is there's not a damn thing that you can do about it. No. And I was I was thinking about that the, the other day, Judd, was like, the idle time is bad, right? I mean, because you can Awful. just work yourself into a mental pretzel. And I, I did that. I was like, all right, you know, if hockey and basketball come back, they're going to need a training camp. And, they, you know, it's like you don't know. So, I mean, I had to finally just tell them, stop. Do not, you know, you can't control this. I mean, that's the thing that's – I think everybody likes to have control of their life and control situations, and this is like everyone's completely out. I mean, we can control that. We can stay in house, right? right. I wish more people would do that. You know, when you see some of these videos of the spring break. I'm glad, your col- I'm glad that, that your college kid is smart enough that she's at home and not down in Florida. No, well, yeah, because she was on spring break with us. But um, and she, you know, like every kid, she's sad. She loves college, and you know, the freshman year is over. You know, and right. so I actually got to drive her down this weekend to get her clothes and get the stuff out of the dorm and come back. You know, and it's it's just the. You know, I think that's uh, what's been so hard is like how quickly that thing escalated. You know, Judd, to where. You think it's like, ah, it's happening in other states to all of a sudden the entire world shut down. And you're like, man, that just in a week's time, right, basically? Um, mm-hmm. So the suddenness of it, I think, has been hard for people and, uh, you know, to kind of come to get your arms around. You know, it's like literally it feels like every 15 minutes something else, you know, you get another curveball or something uh, happens that you weren't expected. And so um, – yeah, I mean it's it's it'll be interesting to see once we do resume games in advance and all that. Sports are are changed forever. I think. I, I mean, I don't want to be over dramatic, but I, I I just think you know the landscape of how we how things were. I just it's not just going to pick up and be back to where we were. I I, I just don't think. Do you? Uh, no, I don't. And I'm also, because there's no um, specific end date to what you said before, Chip, I'm curious about, you know, are, are we going to start the National Football League season in in empty stadiums? Because football does 
lend itself to being a studio sport? Uh, is baseball going to be played? I think that there comes a point in time where where hockey and basketball should put an asterisk by 2019-20 and yeah. say, we're done. This whole thing, and, and I say this both as a human and a sports fan, this whole thing of, well, we might try and come back in July and play a bunch of hockey games and have a training camp. No, no, no. You why? start. I mean, why? Yeah. Why? Well, that yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I, yeah, I would just say, you know what? We'll, we'll focus on the next season. Exactly. Let's, say, let's resume this. Because, I mean, you can't just ask pro athletes. I assume they're working out at their houses. You know, I don't. Are they going to gyms? I don't know. Um, I think those are closed. So yep. there has to be a ramp up period where athletes get in shape again. But you're right. The longer this goes, and we'll be writing about this later this weekend for a column I was reporting out today, but um, our 50, 60, 70, 80,000, 100,000 people want to cram into football stadiums next fall? Hell is no. Is still lingering? No. I don't think so. Well, and, you you know, don't, and, and so we don't know if it's going to come back. to that, Judd? Too, Chip. You know? Like, it, it could come back. It, it could go dormant sure. when it gets hot out. But then you can't. But if you can't assure people, because I mean this this is scary. If you can't assure people, hey, October into November, it's fine too. Back to your point, are people want to go to hockey rinks and NBA arenas and college football games or pro football games? The answer is probably not, and I can't blame them one bit. But I, yeah, and that's yep, that's sorry. The one thing that's going to be interesting to see, Judd, is just the the economic impact on all the sports, not just you know. Yep. One specific sport, but just sports in general, with you know all the lost revenue that's going on now, and maybe uh, ticket revenue that they're going to lose, and just sponsorships. I mean, it's it's overwhelming to try to think about the financial impact. I mean, obviously the economy's uh, really really suffering right now, which is going to have an effect on you know the sports world too. So it's just it's it, it just it, I keep telling people this is like it just feels so surreal. That yep. this is happening. Well, it, fe- it feels like like we're living in, and we are, a constant state of something being wrong, and you can't yeah. control it. And that's the weird thing, too, Chip. And and this goes so far beyond like you or me. You know, sports executives, players, and coaches. What's their biggest thing in life? Control, right? They're control mm-hmm. freaks. They control everything. And yeah, games go wrong sometimes, or you have a losing streak. And ultimately, you can't totally control that, but you can try. This yeah. is the first time in a lot of, and I'm talking up to the owners, this is the first time in a lot of their lives where you have lost all control. And there's not a yeah. damn thing that you can do. You know, you can have every conference call every day of the week if you're baseball, football, basketball, or hockey that you want. You can talk through the permeations. You can talk through the what-ifs. And when you hang up that phone, you have no clue. And I think for sports people, this is probably, and business folks too, this is probably absolutely maddening because there are no answers. And these are people that are so used to having at least some answers. Well, and you're right when you say control, and it's not that's not necessarily a negative connotation, but just the ability to think your way out of a out of a tough situation, or spin your way out of a tough situation, or make a personnel move, or whatever. None of that applies. Like you say, or I don't know if helpless is the right word. No, it's the right word. It's, it's yeah. I mean, exactly. We're right. just everyone's just dependent on trying to contain this and and there's no there's only one really way to do it is you know uh quarantine yourself 
Um, but we don't know how big and bad it's going to get. And so it's just, I mean, it's, I find it just being like mentally exhausting at home, you know, thinking about all the different things and just trying to, the one, the one silver lining, if it, if I, if there is a such thing is it's been nice having family time, right? Judd, we have family dinners now. Like <laughs> to me and you were growing up, like with me and you're growing up, I think we're at a certain age where you always had family dinners, right? You, Every day, a lot of times, yeah. Time, my whole family. I mean, like there was no like Sundays we did, yeah, for sure. We did it every night. I mean, it was just how we did it, and there's no TV, no phone, no running wow. the practice, none of that. And now, because it's, our lives are so busy and everything, it's rare. I don't say rare, but maybe only a couple times a week where um, we can actually all sit down and have a dinner together. Now, with my daughter being home from college, it's like. Man, this is kind of nice. So we all sit here and we talk, right? You know, we watched the movie last night together, so it was kind of fun. Um, yeah, so it, it is kind of nice to have a you know have the family back together and spend good time now. Yeah, I mean, the, the, check, check back in an hour; they might be driving me crazy. I was, gonna, yeah. Well, and I mean, this and and I guess it's sort of sad, but it's definitely true. I mean, it takes something like this, which is a pandemic. I know. To make us all slow down because we're so used to now m- moving at 100 miles an hour, right? With our phones and television yes. and all that good stuff. And it takes the first pandemic in this country since what, 1918, 1919 to yeah. basically stop us all. Now, now, 9-11 did, I think, to a certain degree. But the difference with that and that day, don't get me wrong, that week was awful. But the difference there was you did you sort of had a start date again where yeah. where sports where sports and and you know if you like sports or not you can't debate the fact that sports is a galvanizing healing tool and mm-hmm. you know post September 11 2001 you sort of had that okay let's ease back in and it brought the country together and it was fantastic and and as bad as what had happened was you sort of had the okay it's okay to start back up now that's the difference here yeah, yeah, we one hundred percent because sports became a a unifying thing for us after that, right? Mm-hmm. And people came together again, and it 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 was a distraction, um, at least temporary. Whereas with now, I have no idea when another game is going to be played. Right? Is it going to be weeks, months, a lot of months? Yep. You know, I mean, it's just you don't know, and. That's to me is the biggest scary part is like we just don't know where this is going and you don't know how long you're going to be working from home and staying at home and not um, wanting to be around people. So it's, you know, you hope it's not, we hope it's weeks, but you don't know. And so that's, you know, just the uncertainty of is what's probably the most unnerving part of it. All right, Chip Scoggins, back to sports. Kirk, yeah. Kirk Cousins, two years, 66 mil. His contract is now um, has him under contract to the Vikings for the next three years. What was your initial thoughts when you saw that Kirk Cousins had gotten a contract extension, which, by the way, did for the short term free up $10 million in salary cap space? Yeah, well, I think me and you have said all along, and we're in agreement that I would not have done it just on its, on its own, that I would prefer to just play it out and at some point start over here. But they were in such salary cap heck that – um, I, 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 I understood it. And I think the trade-off is worth it because you, they had to find some sour cap money, right? Some room and getting Linval, uh, releasing Linval and, and Xavier, it was a start, but that was not going to be the end all. Now 
if they don't trade Anthony Harris, I'm not sure what the you know that one confused me. I got to be honest with you. Um, why would you franchise him? Why would you use that money that you freed up from Cousins to franchise Harris if you're not going to trade him? Because I just don't know why you want to have all that money tied up in the safety position. And so, um, I I understood it because they they had to do that to, to get salary cap relief. But so you're basically, I think it's two years, right? This is, I mean, I know he's, yeah. he's under contract for three, but I think it's more for two years. Don't you agree? Yes. Next year and, and the year after. Yep. I guess I'm fine with that, you know. Um, but they've made some other moves that just, they're sort of contradictory. If, if, Amen, if, brother. Um, I agree. You know, because the Cousins move says, okay, we're not going to start over with the rookie quarterback. We're not doing that. I'm not going through growing pains. We don't have the security. And I'm talking about Spielman and Zimmer. Um, unless they've been privately and quietly been given contract extensions, which we haven't heard. But but then you trade Stefan Diggs, and you're like, well, that's the exact opposite. I mean, that does feel like you're rebuilding. Um, and then getting rid of Josh Klein. And I'm not saying Josh Klein's great. I think he's probably just average. But he was their second-best offensive lineman last year. Would you agree? Yeah, well, and Pat Elfline, who was almost unplayable at left guard, is still there. I know. So, so yes. I, I don't. But I looked at uh, Ben Gessling from my paper had the, the amount of dead money that they have now, and it's just astronomical, which tells you, Judd, a lot of these draft picks are making the team. Yeah, <laughs> this and, is, and Chipper this what's going to be a young team. But where I'm with you here, see, and I am, I'm just sort of confused, or I shouldn't say sort of, I'm just confused as to what the goal here is. Um, and what's so weird is I've checked with multiple people on this. Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, as we record this podcast, definitely do not have contract extensions right now. Does that mean it won't get done? No, it doesn't. Does that mean it's done right now? No, it doesn't. And so much of and some of the things that they're doing do scream of immediate help and need the mm-hmm. cousins extension. And then a lot of them scream to what you're saying of, hey, 2021 is and beyond is going to be good. And yet there's not security for your coach and GM. And so I just keep defaulting to the position of I wish I, I either want things to crystallize and for them to make a couple moves and I can say, oh, now I get it. Or I want someone to explain to me what the the master notepad in Egan says, because right now I'm not sure I understand it, and I can probably definitely tell you I don't understand it. Well, yeah, just take one. <clears throat> excuse me. One position. What in the heck are they going to do in the secondary at corner? I don't know. I mean, you're going to be. I, don't know. I assume. I assume they're counting on Mike Hughes being one starter, right? Has to be. Yes. But but but. Is Holton Hill another one? Are you going to go with two root means? Like Chris Boyd, people like him, but another young player, to your point. Which tells you, you know, that defense may take a step back next year. Now, maybe they think, maybe internally they just think, you know what? These guys are young, but they're better than what we had. And and, and maybe that's their plan. Um, but it does, it just looks like they got a lot of holes in the roster right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive line, wide receiver, cornerback, and... So it doesn't feel like, if you just look at it, you wouldn't say, that team's win now. They're in win now mode. And I know that's the way they're they're approaching it, and, and every team should, because NFL, you know, it's so wild, anything can happen year to year. But it just seems like they have so many holes in the roster with a regime that is lame duck right now 
Now, maybe they'll get the extensions at some point this offseason, but your, your head coach and your GM are going into a lame duck season, which it just, like I said, it just it seems contradictory, a lot of these things. It definitely does. And yeah, I mean, I am just, I keep waiting for clarity, and, and we don't get clarity. And here's one that confused me. Now, I'm not, I shouldn't say I'm, I'm confused. That's not the right word. Here's one that I think is instructive and interesting. Mackenzie Alexander signing a one-year, $4 million deal to go to the Cincinnati Bengals, who are, last I checked, a complete mess. And, and he's the one guy, because Rhodes got uh, released last week. Trey Wayne's got that ridiculous three-year deal from the Bengals, which I say good riddance to. But yeah. Alexander's the one guy that if I could have gotten him back and I'm the Vikings and on a contract like that, I would have loved to. But I think that the second they played him in that stupid, meaningless Week 17 game against the Bears, Bingo. he, he Bingo. got hurt and needed yeah. surgery. But those are the, So those are the type of things I'm struggling with, too, because Mackenzie Alexander, there's no way the Vikings didn't want him back. They could have used him. At that salary, Judd. And alienated him. So, th- yeah. so this is where I'm also going back and forth on how guys feel about this team. Stefan Diggs clearly forced his way out. Just a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah, well, the the McKenzie Alexander one just reeks of a guy wanting a fresh start. I mean, yep. that was not a big contract. He was one of was he their best corner last year? I would say he's one or two, right? I think um, he was. There. No, I think you. I think your first statement's right. It wasn't Rhodes for sure, and I think Wayne's dropped off in part because Rhodes w- was not good. And we both know from watching Antoine Winfield how much talent it takes to play that nickel corner inside. Yeah. And Mackenzie Alexander went from being really suspect there, I thought, to being pretty doggone good. I thought he was pretty good, which is, you know, his was what one year, four million. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a mean, good contract. That that is a contract they definitely could have afforded for a guy. So the fact that he and and the fact that he went to you know just a, a awful franchise tells you he wanted a fresh start, and, and maybe he's looking at it as like you know what I'll go there and play well, and then I'll get a big contract somewhere else. But um. Yeah, so I mean, between that and and Diggs and you know J. Ron Curse, I don't know if he's you know I think he was looking for a fresh start too, and, and not like he's a, a you know a, a glue player, but uh, it's another guy that you know a depth player that you're losing, and so we knew the roster was going to turn over, right? We knew the roster is going to get really young or a lot younger than what than what it was. Mm-hmm. But I guess when it starts to happen and you have that many defections in the secondary um, and you're wondering, like, are they going to do it in free agency? I mean, are they going to make a splash in free agency? They don't have the money, right? And no. so you're probably – Zimmer made this comment at his year-end press conference, Judd, that he was mentioning the offensive line that they had some guys that they redshirted, basically, you know, that they're going to rely on. You wonder how many of those young guys – that were either on a practice squad last year or didn't really get a lot of playing time that all of a sudden they're going to be thrust into starting roles now because they don't have the money to fill those needs with veterans and free agency. Yeah, and if, but if that's the case and they're going in and the GM and coach are going into the last year, your contracts, you got to figure there's going to have to be or there would be patience there. It's all very odd to me. Like the, these are moves being made by a GM and coach who feel as if they have security and yet we know for a fact right now that they don't, and so you have to wonder, have there been promises made? But, you know, if they were going to extend them, just extend they them. It shouldn't be it. that hard. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and if you're the Wills, and Spillman and, and Zimmer came to you and said, listen, you know, because of our salary cap, we, we, we had, 
you know, we gave out big contracts. We went for it. It didn't, we didn't get the ultimate prize of the Super Bowl. We're going to have to kind of start over here with a lot of young players, which, you know, it doesn't behoove us to be on the last year of our contracts. We, you know, we want some security. Here's a Wills. What do you say? I don't know. But 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 we're I would not probably getting... do one year, Judd, an extra year, maybe two. But I think I'd just be inclined to give them a one year extension, so they'd have two. So you're not dealing with which the is what they did last duck. year, Chip. Yeah, and I, I think I would go down that route. So you're not dealing with, you know, it's an optics thing more than an ironclad security. I mean, it's basically be a severance package, right? Sure. Um, but at least you're not dealing with the whole lame duck questions. Anytime you know there's adversity hits this year, but what's weird, maybe they, maybe they'll happen eventually, John. But what's weird about that is you would think that if you were going to go for the optics, that you would have done it before free agency started because it's not like the Vikings can can win bidding wars if they're recruiting players. So if sure. I'm a player and I sit down with Spielman and Zim and I know for a fact they're going into the last year, the, last year of their contracts and I'm about to sign a three-year contract and I say, okay, so my role is going to be X, Y, and Z, and they're like, well, it's going to be that in 2020. But we don't know yeah. beyond because we might not be here. That's a really bad optic. So you would have thought that they would have tried by the combine, for instance, to get the mm-hmm. contracts done so that if I'm being recruited by the Packers, the Vikings, and let's say the Panthers. Yeah. And the Vikings can't blow me away with cash. And so I say, okay, what's the stability here as far as you guys? And they say, well, we really don't have much. I'm not going to the Vikings. Yeah. And I, I still think, particularly. All pro sports, but I still think, particularly with NFL, we're not guaranteed money, guaranteed contracts. That you know, whoever gives you the most money is probably where you're going to go, right? right? Because you got to make your money when you can. But right. and I, I assume stability with coaching staff guys consider that, but I not over money, right? I mean, right, but I'm saying the Vikings can't afford to outbid those teams. Most likely, yeah. Like if they yeah, could just, blo- yeah. If they could just step in and be like, "Hey, hey here's the deal. Here is two million dollars more than the Packers can pay you." Well, I'm going to play for the Vikings, and if the coach gets fired, he gets fired. But sure. these these guys are so salary cap strapped, they can't afford to do that. Uh, last thing, your thoughts on the Stefan Diggs trade, which we obviously, when you joined me for Ventline about a month ago, we took an hour's worth of calls of people, and I my question was back then, smoke or fire? Majority of our callers are very smart. They said there's fire, <laughs> and now Stefan Diggs is a Buffalo Bill. I think both of you, I mean, you said smoke, and I said I want to wait and see if he doesn't show up for OTAs. Well, we didn't get that far. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that chance. Um, but it became fire, and I, I read your tweet and column you're 100 percent right when he what three hours if it was after the cousins extension uh became public and he said there's a new start and then he responded to that one guy said you know this isn't a bluff this time i'm out of here basically at that point you knew it there was there at the point of no return what i didn't know you know you can have a disgruntled employee but if if you can't just give him away for nothing, right? And I didn't know what they would be able to get back from him. The fact that you got a first and three other picks, that's pretty good, right? And I know some people are like, well, you're trading a, yep. a guy who's a star player for picks. Yeah, but he's a star player who doesn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. And do you want to have to put up with that again and having to find him again? It was just not going to turn around, right? He doesn't like the offense. I think he doesn't like the offenses more. I think that's a bigger issue than maybe not liking Cousins, but uh, the fact he did it on Cousins the day he did it tells you there's probably, you know, he's not a fan of the quarterback either. But, um, 
you know, you hate to see good players go, but if if he's going to be a pain in the butt and create problems, it's like Percy or like they did with Randy Moss. You just can't live with that constant drama and walking on eggshells and worrying about the next, uh, you know, drama you're going to have to deal with uh, with that player. In your estimation, Chip Scoggins, now, how good was Stefan Diggs? I think he's one of the better, I think he's a top 10 receiver, one of the better receivers in the league. Um, I mean, he was one of the best deep threats in the league right last year, right, statistically. Uh, I think he's a tremendous route runner. I mean, is he in the top five wide receivers? I don't think I'd say that, but I'd say he's, you know, top 10, top 12 wide receiver. I mean, he's he's a really good player. Um, but that, that was the other thing, just practically speaking, you're paying him pretty good salary, and you're paying uh, Thielen a pretty good salary, and the head coach wants to run the ball. It doesn't make sense to have two high-paid wide receivers and with the offense that Zim has in mind. Now, you can debate whether they should have that offense and if the philosophy is right, but if the head coach is going to do that, then it it just doesn't make a lot of sense to have all that money tied up in the wide receiver position. My last two thoughts on what you just said, too, are, are this. One is Dalvin Cook now becomes less effective because your key deep threat is gone. Thielen, mm-hmm. Thielen becomes less effective because he now goes to a clear one, and I thought he was 1B to Diggs's 1A. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, too, is you are now going down a path, and I and we are both Dalvin Cook fans. I, I think we both think he's yeah. a marvelous player when healthy. But what you're doing now, I think, is you're tempting fate. And you are you are telling me that you think Dalvin Cook is not only not only going to play in sixteen games next year, he's probably not going to get or he can't get dinged up too bad. And thirteen to fourteen of those games need to look like the game in Dallas last year in which he was an absolute superstar. Yeah. And Chipper, all of that from the ask standpoint to me is way too high, especially when we know for a fact that Dalvin Cook unfortunately can't stay yeah. healthy. That's they're they're rolling the dice, no doubt about it. And it's going to be interesting to see how Dalvin approaches this. Now, with everything going on in the world, it's, it's hard to know, like, if, if they're even going to have OTAs and all that, you know. Um, but is he going to show up without a new deal? Um, you know? As as we record this, here's so here's where it's trending a little bit, though. The Rams have announced that Todd Gurley has been released. And Melvin Gordon of the Chargers can't find suitors. Yeah. So you are gaining leverage a little bit because my answer to your question previously was absolutely not. He does he does not show up. But you are gaining leverage to tell him, I'm sorry, you play the wrong position. Yeah. Uh, now he might still is, say no. I'm I'm not showing up. I don't know. It's it's yeah. I mean it's it's it might be a game of chicken here between uh, the agent and and the Vikings, um, but. Dallin also has the leverage of, hey, you built this whole offense around me and you're running the ball and you just traded, you know, your best wide receiver. So yep. you need you need me a lot at this point, you know. And so he has that kind of leverage too. But it's it's you know, with their salary cap situation, I don't know how much money they have to pay the guy, you know. I mean <laughs> not much I right now, he, Chip. I think he's pretty I think he's pretty special, Judd. I, I do and, and I say that and I, I I understand not giving breaking the bank for running backs anymore that, 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 you know, those days are over, but the offense with Dalvin in it versus the offense without him is pretty significant. And so he's just a difference maker. And I think internally they feel that same way. And so, boy, I, I don't, I don't know. John. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, tough a, one. It's a, 
it's a tricky situation for them to be in because you're one injury from now all of a sudden what? You know, what is the offense? Exactly. Thanks, Chip Scoggins. Stay safe, okay? All right, same to you, bro. Talk to you. Conduits of Trouble, we are uh, done for this episode. Talk to you soon.